Good morning, church. It is so good to see you. Isn't it wonderful that through, as Eric said, the highs and lows that we experience in this life, the highs and lows, we go through all of those things, not only with Jesus by our side, but with each other by our side. Isn't it wonderful to know that even when we can't see each other, we know that that we have brothers and sisters who are walking through life with us. The last year or so has been incredibly different. It's been incredibly difficult and hard and challenging, but it's been so wonderful to know and be reminded, especially every Sunday morning, but by the people that are gathered together here in this room and also to know not only that there are hundreds that are watching this service online, but there are millions of people, millions of brothers and sisters throughout the world this morning that are breaking the bread, sharing the cup, being reminded about who we are and that we are not only Jesus' people, but that we are together. We are family. So thank you for being my family. Thank you for being each other's family. Thank you for walking through life with each other. I love you, and I appreciate you. And that, that relationship with the church is one of the things that makes patience possible, long-suffering possible, endurance possible. That's what we've been talking about this month, being okay with things not being okay. And we've used that word a lot this month, and I probably should have started with this story, but I'm going to end this series with this story. What does the word okay mean, or where does the word okay come from? I don't know if you know the history of the word okay. In fact, I spelled it O-K-A-Y on my slides, but it really should just be an abbreviation, okay, because there was this weird trend, and I say weird because it really was weird. You, you thought my generation was weird, millennials were strange and did weird things with the language, but it, I mean, it, that's nothing new. In the 1830s, they had this, they were trying to be funny and they would make these abbreviations, and so they would abbreviate things, but they would misspell the words that they were abbreviating, like one was no use, like, no, there's no use in trying, but they would abbreviate it K-Y, no use. I guess they thought that was funny. I don't know. Uh, and then another one was no-go, like that won't work. That's a no-go, and they would abbreviate it K-G. Or nuff said, like enough said, nuff said, and they would abbreviate it N-S. And then, so, of course, it made sense that all correct would be O-K, O-L-L. K-O-R-R-E-C-T. I don't know, but that's where the word okay comes from. And then there was a presidential campaign that used it, and then it just kind of sunk into the way that we talk, and so now that's, that's a word, okay. And what does it mean when we say that something is okay? When we okay something, we even kind of use it as a verb. We okay something, we sign off on it. We say we're satisfied with that. It met our expectations. So when we say something is okay, we're not saying it's great or it's fantastic, but we're saying we're satisfied with it. We're all right with it. It's all correct. And and this is part of patience, isn't it? That it's a lot easier to be patient if we know what to expect, right? It's a lot easier to be patient. It's a lot easier to endure. It's a lot easier to be steadfast. It's a lot easier to keep going if we kind of know what to 
expect. When you're on a long trip, if something goes wrong, it's easier to keep going if you kind of expected that something like that might happen. But when things happen that surprise us and take us by surprise, things happen that we're not okay with, things kind of rattle us and shock us and surprise us, it's harder to keep going. That's what's made the last 11 or so months so difficult is because we didn't know what to expect. And when life, we, we say that sometimes, don't we? When life happens, when surprises happen, when things happen that we weren't expecting, it makes it harder to keep going. It makes it harder to press on. It makes it harder to endure. It makes it harder to be patient. But it's a lot easier to be patient when we kind of know what to expect. So when we're talking about being okay with things not being okay, then it's good to stop and say, okay, well, if I'm okay with things the way that they are, or I'm going to press on, and I'm going to persevere, then what was I expecting things to be? When we're tempted to give up, when we're tempted to throw in the towel, when we're tempted to, to take off the gloves and no more Mr. Nice Guy and not play according to the rules anymore, it's good to kind of stop and say, wait a second, why am I losing my patience? Why am I tempted not to endure? Why am I tempted to not be steadfast? What was I expecting? What was I expecting things to be like? What was I expecting this relationship to be like? What was I expecting people to be like? What was I expecting the world to be like? What was I expecting my life to be like? What was I expecting discipleship to be like? What was I expecting this to be like? Because it's a lot easier to be patient when you know what to expect. And it's harder to be patient when you don't know what to expect, when you're constantly being surprised and say, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't know that was going to happen. This took me by surprise. This shocked me. This really rattled me. When those kind of things happen, it's harder to persevere, isn't it? It's harder to be patient. It's harder to be steadfast. It's harder to keep going. And so this morning, we're going to think about Paul's relationship with Timothy, his young preaching protege, and he was preparing Timothy to be patient, to endure, to be steadfast, to keep on ministering, to keep on preaching, to keep on spreading the good news, even though it was going to be difficult. So he was telling Timothy, here's what you need to expect. Because Paul knew that for Timothy to persevere, for Timothy to be patient, for Timothy to be steadfast, he was going to need to know what to expect. And we need to stop and ask ourselves that, don't we? When we're losing our patience, maybe in a, our, our marriage, maybe with our kids, maybe with brothers and sisters in Christ, maybe with people we work with, maybe with our culture, maybe with the world, maybe just with life in general, when we're losing our patience, we need to stop and ask ourselves, what was I expecting things to be like? What was I expecting this to be like? And maybe we need to adjust our expectations accordingly. And so here's what Paul has to say to Timothy about what he should expect and how he should go on ministering after Paul's time with him has finished. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20, 23, this always hits me between the eyes. Paul says, have nothing to do, let me read that one more time, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. So here's good evidence that social media did not invent foolish, ignorant controversies, right? They've been around for 2,000 years or more. There have always been ignorant, foolish controversies. 
That's not to say that every controversy, every debate, every discussion is ignorant and foolish. That's not true. There are some controversies, there are some debates, there are some discussions that are important, that need to be had. But there are other controversies, there are other debates, there are other discussions that don't need to be had, that that need to be avoided, that Paul tells Timothy have nothing to do with those types of debates, have nothing to do with those types of controversies. Why? Because they breed only quarrels. When foolishness and ignorance get married, they have a baby, and it's called quarreling, right? And this fighting and debating that's just endless and pointless, it comes from foolish, ignorant controversies. And I don't know about you, but this hits me right between the eyes. How about you? How many times have we engaged in a fight that went nowhere, and it's just round and round and pointless? And Paul says, if you're going to persevere... If you're going to keep doing the work of an evangelist, if you're going to keep spreading the good news, and this applies not just to preachers and evangelists and ministers and missionaries, but to every Christian who wants to make a difference in the world, then this is relevant for every single one of us. Have nothing to do with these types of controversies. And sometimes the the discussions we need to be having, the debates we need to be having, the controversies we need to be engaged in get derailed by foolish and ignorant sin with a foolish, ignorant debate, and we engage in that instead of the real discussion. And we need to learn how to say no. Nope. We don't have to attend every fight we're invited to. We don't have to attend every conversation we're invited to. Some conversations don't need to be had. We need to avoid them and say, no thanks, I'll pass. Maybe you've seen this meme. I even thought about putting it on the slides, but there's this meme that I sometimes see, and it's this guy. He's on the keyboard, and he's just going to town, and there's a speech bubble from the other room, and his wife says, honey, are you coming to bed? And he replies, no, there's somebody wrong on the internet, right? There's somebody wrong. I gotta, I gotta fight them. I gotta tell them how wrong they are. And Paul says, no, long before the internet, long before social media. No, you don't have to attend every controversy, every debate, every discussion, every fight you're invited to. In fact, you will do better and go further and persevere longer if you will avoid these types of ignorant, foolish controversies. Look at 24. Verse 24, he says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to whom? Everyone, kind to all, kind to everyone, able to teach patiently, enduring evil. Patiently, enduring evil. Correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Now, not only does he tell him to be kind to everyone and to patiently endure evil, but I want us to notice that what he's saying about his opponents, because he says, some of your opponents may be corrected. And that's good to know, isn't it? In fact, that goes to our expectations. If you expect that if somebody's wrong, they'll always be wrong. If somebody's doing evil, they'll always be doing evil. 
If somebody, is, if somebody is, is on the other side, they'll always be on the other side. There's no changing their mind. If you assume that and expect that, you won't treat them with kindness. You won't treat them with gentleness, will you? Because you expect that they're always going to be like that, and they'll always be your opponent, and they'll always be on the other side, and they'll always be wrong. You don't expect that maybe, perhaps, they might change their mind. And Paul tells Timothy, that may happen, so treat them with gentleness and kindness. Who? Everybody. Well, what if they're wrong? What if you're wrong? <laughs> what if they change their mind? What if they come around? What if God grants them repentance? So stop assuming that everybody is out to get you. Stop assuming that everybody's always going to be on the other side. Stop assuming that wrong people will always be wrong. Some of them are going to change their mind. And guess what? Some of them won't. But that's up to them and God. What's up to you is whether or not you will treat them with kindness and gentleness. Everyone, kindness, gentleness, patiently enduring evil. Paul knows that Timothy is going to go further and longer. He's going to be able to persevere for a long period of time and do the right thing, even when it's the hard thing, for a long period of time if he doesn't expect that everybody that's wrong is going to stay wrong. Some people are going to come around. And they're going to change their mind. And he's going to persevere better if he doesn't expect everybody to agree with him all the time. Some people are going to be your opponents. Some people are not going to agree with you. Some people are not going to see things the way you see things. And here's how you respond to that. Be kind. Be gentle. Patiently endure. Have conversations kindly and gently. Patiently. Look at chapter 3 and verse 1. But understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good. Now let's stop right here for just a second and acknowledge what he says in the last days. When's that? Everything in between the ascension of Christ and the return of Christ. Everything in between there. So Paul lived in the last days. Timothy lived in the last days. You live in the last days. Everything between the ascension of Jesus and the return of Jesus is the last days. And Paul wants to prepare Timothy. This is what it's going to be like in these last days. There's going to be people like this. And why is that important for patience? Why is that important for long-suffering? Because you need to understand that not everybody's going to agree with you. Not everybody's going to see things the way you do. Not everybody's going to be right. Not everybody's going to be good. Expect there to be people that are like this. Some people will be lovers of self. Some people will be lovers of money. Some people will be proud. Some people will be arrogant. Don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. Sometimes we get so surprised that the world acts like the world. Sometimes we get so shocked that people don't agree with us. Sometimes we get so shocked that people don't see things the way that Christians see things. Where did we get that surprise? Was, maybe it's because we didn't temper our expectations based on what Scripture actually teaches us life will be like in these last days. This is what it's going to be like. It doesn't mean everybody's out to get you. It doesn't mean everybody hates you. It doesn't mean everybody's on the other side. It doesn't mean everybody's the enemy. But it does mean there are some people who are going to love money more than they love you. They're going to love themselves more than they do you. 
They're going to be arrogant. They're going to be abusive. That's going to happen. Don't be shocked. It's going to be a whole lot easier to persevere. It's going to be a whole lot easier to be patient. It's going to be a whole lot easier to long suffer if you expect that some people are going to be like this. Keep going. Verse 4. Treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Some of these people are even going to be religious people, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. But look what he says this last sentence. Avoid such people. You know, it's interesting. He doesn't say stop such people. Make it your goal to stop such people. Get rid of all such people. He says avoid such people. Just like he said in the beginning about these foolish, ignorant controversies. Sometimes you just have to avoid such people and expect that there are going to be such people. And it's going to take discernment to know when do I engage in a debate? When do I engage in a controversy? When do I engage in a conversation? And when do I avoid it? And guess what? I've messed up that discernment. How about you? We've all messed that up. We've engaged when we should have not engaged, and we've avoided when we should have engaged. We, we've done it wrong. But Paul is helping Timothy to form his expectations and helping us to form our expectations that there are going to be times where you just need to avoid such people and conversations and controversies that sometimes you just need to avoid and step away. And guess what? God's still in charge of the world. And things are still going to go according to God's will and plan. And there are going to be some people that agree with you. And some people who change their mind. And some people who never do. We need to expect that's the way things are going to go. Some people are going to say, you know what? I think this whole Jesus thing has some merit to it. I want to become a Christian and follow Jesus just like you. And some people will say, I'm still thinking about it. I'm not sure. And other people are going to say, absolutely not. And they're going to stick to it and they'll never come around. But guess what we should do? Be gentle. Be kind. Don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. Some people are going to accept the way of Jesus and some people aren't. And if we allow that truth to form our expectations, we can be a whole lot more patient with the people we interact with. Look at verse 6. For among these kinds of people are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. He says there's some women and there are some men, and not every woman is this way and not every man is this way, but there are some people who are especially susceptible to lies who are burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, who are always curious to learn more but never actually come to a knowledge of the truth. And there are going to be some creeps who creep in and who lead them astray. These kinds of things are going to happen. And don't you know that Paul is trying to save Timothy from profound disappointment and discouragement? Because as a minister, as an evangelist, as a preacher, I can tell you it hurts deeply when people are led astray by lies. It hurts deeply. And it's disappointing when people you love are led astray, right? And it would be for Timothy. And Paul is telling Timothy, expect this kind of thing to happen. 
It's not good. It's not okay. It's not right. It doesn't mean you have to like it, but expect that this sort of thing is going to happen. Your life will be a whole lot better. You will be able to persevere a whole lot longer if you expect this kind of thing is likely going to happen from time to time. He says in verse 8, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding regarding the faith, but they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. So he says these false teachers are just like Janus and Jambres, which are the names of the magicians that fooled or that tried to fool Moses, who imitated the miracles of Moses, who fooled Pharaoh, his court magicians. And and so Paul says there's going to be people like that in your time as well. But he says they will not get very far. They will not get very far. Isn't that something that brings a calm assurance? What if we realize there are going to be people that spread lies, and there are going to be people who believe those lies? There are going to be deceivers, and there are going to be deceived people. There are going to be people that deceive even themselves. And and you need to not worry about it. Why? Because they won't get very far. Imagine how much better our life could be. Imagine how much longer we could persevere if we realize, guess what? They will not get very far. A calm assurance that Timothy could have to say, you know what? I expected this. I expected that this kind of thing would happen. I expected there to be false teachers, and I expected people to fall for the lies. I expected that, and I also expect that God's will will be done. I also expect that they won't get very far. I also expect the truth will come out. The truth will be revealed. I also expect that these people will be revealed for what they are. And so I don't have to lose my cool. I don't have to be on a roller coaster of ups and downs of freaking out every time something doesn't go the way. I think that it will because I expected things like this to happen. Wouldn't our life be a whole lot more calm if we embrace this as part of our expectation. Look at verse 10. He says, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and suffering that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord, what? Rescued me. He says, you You know everything I've been through, Timothy. You've seen it all. You've you've known how I've persevered, how I've been patient, how I've put up with all kinds of stuff, and I haven't lost my cool, and I haven't given up, and I haven't thrown in the towel because I expected things to be like this. Paul had been whipped 39 times. He had received that five times. Five times he received the 39 lashes. Three times he was beaten with rods. He was stoned nearly to death. He was imprisoned on multiple occasions. He was beaten countless times. He was persecuted both by the Jewish authorities and by the Roman authorities. He was even persecuted by those who claimed to be brothers in Christ. He had gotten it from every side you could imagine. And yet he pressed on and he persevered. And he said, the Lord rescued me from all of it. And eventually, eventually his persecutors would take his head. His persecutors would put him to death. 
But the Lord would even rescue him from that and will raise him from the dead. Look at verse 12. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. It doesn't mean that everyone will persecute you. It doesn't mean everyone is out to get you. It doesn't mean every time you turn around you're going to be persecuted. It doesn't mean we have to expect everybody to be mean and cruel and evil and persecuting. But it does mean expect that that sort of thing will happen from time to time. Every single follower of Jesus, every single disciple, every single Christian, every one of God's people has to expect that I'm going to have to live with and deal with and interact with people who don't see things as I do. In fact, I need to expect that there are going to be some people that hate me because I follow Jesus. And that way, I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised. It doesn't send me for a loop. I knew that this sort of thing was going to happen. I expected this sort of thing to happen. Paul wants Timothy to understand that every one of God's people needs to expect from time to time this is going to happen. Now, that doesn't mean, again, that doesn't mean we expect everybody to be out to get us. If you expect everybody to be out to get you, if you expect everybody to persecute you, if you expect persecution behind every bush and around every corner, then you're never going to love people and teach them and expect that sometimes people are going to come around. People are going to see the truth. People are going to see the light. So expect that this will happen sometimes, but don't expect that it's going to happen every time. Look at verse 14. But as for you, continue. I love that word. Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. It's our our theme for the year, isn't it? Fix your eyes on Jesus. Continue in what you have learned and what you've heard and what you believe. Continue to be firmly convinced of these things. Persevere. Keep going. Be long-suffering. Don't be surprised when these kinds of things happen. Look at verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You, you want to keep going? You want to persevere? You want to be long-suffering? Then keep your eyes on Jesus and let the story of Scripture, let every word of Scripture that has the breath of God in it form you and shape you and equip you and train you to be the man of God that God wants you to be. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Be saturated with Scripture and expect that these sorts of things are going to happen. It's no different for us today than it was for Timothy then, is it? Paul wanted Timothy to be, have his expectations properly shaped so that he would know what to expect. And here's how I would put it. If we're going to be long-suffering, if we're going to be patient, then we have to expect God to be faithful, right? And people to be unpredictable. That's not a negative thing. It's both a negative thing and a positive thing, isn't it? Expect God to be faithful. God's going to be who he said he's going to be. He's going to keep his promises. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. He's going to deliver you 
from every bad situation, maybe in this life, but certainly in the life to come. He's going to deliver you. He's going to keep his promises. He's going to raise you up. Expect God to be faithful. If you expect God to be faithful, you'll never be thrown for a loop. If you expect God to be faithful, you'll never be disappointed. But you also need to expect people to be unpredictable. Don't expect people to be bad. Don't expect that. Sometimes they're going to surprise you. They're going to do wonderful things. Even people that are unbelievers, even people that disagree with you about Jesus, they're going to do amazing, loving, kind, wonderful things. And it's going to surprise you how great and wonderful people can be. But you might also be surprised sometimes by how mean and cruel people can be. People are unpredictable. But guess what? You're a people too, right? And, and you've been kind of unpredictable too. And guess what? So have I. We have done both good and horrible things. And we're only saved because God is faithful. So going forward, that's what we have to expect. We have to expect God to be faithful and people to be unpredictable. And if we, if we expect people to be unpredictable and some people to be kind and some people to be mean, then we'll neither be surprised in either occasion, will we? And if we expect God to be faithful, we'll never be surprised. We'll never be disappointed. But if you always expect people to be out to get you, a threat behind every corner, then you won't love them the way Jesus is calling you to love them. If you expect people to always hate you and always persecute you, then you'll, you'll avoid everyone. You'll avoid every conversation. You'll never love anyone. You'll never give anyone the benefit of the doubt. And if you expect everybody's going to agree with you and everybody's going to see things the way that you see things and nobody's ever going to disagree with you, then you'll be disappointed on that account too. So we have to expect people to be unpredictable just as we've been unpredictable. And if we understand that this is the way life is going to be, God is going to be faithful, some people are going to make good decisions, some people are going to make bad decisions, some people are going to love us, and some people are going to hate us, if we have our expectations properly shaped, then we can persevere. Then we can patient, be patient. Then we can be long-suffering. This is the life we signed up for when we decided to become disciples. But along the way, it gets kind of discouraging at times, doesn't it? And sometimes even when we've tried to have our expectations shaped by Scripture, shaped by what we're told, sometimes we still get surprised, don't we? And we have to remind each other and encourage each other admonish each other, exhort one another. And that's what we're here to do this morning. So if we can encourage you or pray for you as we all try to be patient and endure and be long-suffering, that we want to encourage you, pray for you, help you in any way that we can. One of our shepherds would love to visit with you at the information desk as together we stand and sing this song.